G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Who would have thought at the start of this year that most children in Australia would now be doing homeschooling? Well, circumstances change so rapidly, don't they? At present, the federal government wants all schools open, but... The states have their own medical advice too, and some states have a phased return to face-to-face learning. The federal government, even in the news today, is promising to fast-track something in the order of $3 billion to private schools if they'll reopen to all children by June 1st. Undoubtedly, as parents, we're now becoming much more aware of the commitment that it takes to ensure our children's education. So a conversation today with our special guest, who has been homeschooling for 24 years. That's right, 24 years. She's homeschooled her nine children, and while it hasn't been easy, she has no regrets. Helen Devnish is an evangelist from Hobart. She and her husband David pastor the Church on the Rock in Hobart. We were talking just recently about Helen's latest published release. And we got into the conversation and we realized that Helen had actually spent all these decades, 24 years, homeschooling her children. We thought we might take an opportunity to get Helen's insights as we hear her story about homeschooling. A couple of things that Helen has written. Her book, Let's Go Fearless Evangelism. We talked about that uh, some time back. Her latest booklet that we were chatting about just recently, A True Story of Freedom. Helen Devonish joining us from Hobart today. Hello, Helen. Welcome along. Hi, nice to be back again. Helen, come back to uh, our conversation. We even said, and I think it was the spark for why we thought we'd have a longer conversation today. Who would have thought earlier this year that right now so many people would have been thrown into the responsibility of being homeschool parents? It really is quite substantial and uh, took everyone by surprise. Oh, yes, it took me by surprise too, but I I remember back to my early years of homeschooling and, you know, it was a big daunting exercise to do it. Um, At that time, we knew hardly anyone homeschooling. We actually contacted one family from our school who pulled their kids out. But any change is difficult, you know, and I think when you've, been used to sending kids to school and we used to send our older two were at school before we started homeschooling to then suddenly have them at home all the time and yes it's a big responsibility and big change having kids there how do you do it what do you do and that's hopefully what we can look at today to help parents who are struggling with this change 
Helen, I know you won't mind sharing, you know, some personal feelings here, but 24 years ago when you started, you already had five kids at the time, and I know that you have regrets that you didn't even start earlier. What was going on for you and your husband at the time uh, that you decided that you were going to, you know, break with the tradition? We're not going to send our children to the official school. We're going to homeschool them. What was going on at the time back then? Okay, so a few months before we started homeschooling, um, I read a magazine article about a family with 10 kids homeschooling. And I thought, what? How could they do that? I thought, that's crazy. And that was a little seed sown then. And then over the next few months, we read more articles about homeschooling. And my husband and I started thinking maybe it would be a good thing to do for our kids. The two that were at school, uh, one uh, was struggling and the other one was quite bored. And so we kind of had kids at the different extremes of the spectrum and we felt that, well, maybe we could step in and do it with them. And, yeah, look, it it was huge. And I remember the first few weeks there were times I'd just say to my husband, I can't do this. This is too hard. You know, I don't think I'm up to it. It's, it's a big challenge, but I believe having kids is a challenge. It is a responsibility. But thankfully, with my husband's support, because obviously I was the main uh, parent there doing the homeschooling. He was at work. You know, it's a commitment. Someone has to be there helping them, guiding them, uh, giving instruction. And he, he kept saying, no, we can do this. We can do this. And, and after the first few months, it did get easier. So for... Australian families now who are homeschooling, if you're finding it hard, that's okay because it is hard. It's different. It's new. It's an adjustment for parents and children, and that's okay. And and I know I did feel scared, and I felt inadequate, and I felt anxious, you know, and I think, have we made the right choice? But obviously now, 24 years down the track, you know, I love it. Well, parenting is hard work and there are demands on you as a parent that you don't anticipate before you have children. Uh, This idea, though, juggling your career with your parenting responsibilities, uh, there's a certain sense here, I suppose, and I'll get your insights, Helen, uh, the attitude that you have to taking on this, you know, homeschooling role, because a lot of parents are having to do that right now, but your attitude is going to be everything. You'll be under the weight of stress and pressure if your attitude is all about your own career and not about your family. But I guess if you've got a attitude that says, my children are important here and uh, we need to get our, our, our parenting responsibilities in place, that your attitude is going to actually affect the way you approach it. What are your thoughts here? Oh, yes. Look, kids are going to pick up parents' attitudes for everything, not just with the homeschooling. And I believe if your kids know that you love having them around even with the challenges, then you will work through the challenges together. Whereas if the parents just screaming and yelling and even saying, I wish I didn't have kids or things like that, that is going to have a negative effect on your kids, not just in that moment, but long term. So I think homeschooling does start with the parents, just getting to that place to be thankful, firstly, that they are parents. You know, so many people can't even have children. And sometimes we've got to get back to that basic thing, being so thankful I have children. Okay, now I'm having to do something I never thought I would have to do uh, with the homeschooling. But, you know, I love my kids. I want what's best for my kids. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to put them in a good 
position and, and often depending on the age of your children, you can work out, you know, some good routines, you know, just share how you're going. So look, I'm finding this hard because I need to do this and I don't know how to do this while I've got to help you with schoolwork. Do you have suggestions? So keeping your kids involved in the process of what is going on with all the change. I think that's very important to listen to our children as well. Children can be very insightful uh, into different things. So yes, I think trying to maintain a positive attitude as Christians, I believe that's going to come out of our personal walk with the Lord, that we're spending time in God's presence, you know, giving him our frustrations, crying if need be, you know, Lord, help, I, I don't know how to do this. You know, God is there. He's so present for us even in these days and there's so much going on in our world this is an interesting aspect you're raising here uh, you know developing this idea that kids are going to be able to tell uh, if you love them having them like, if you love having them around uh, they'll pick up pretty quickly if uh, if you don't love that uh, but this idea that uh, when we're when we're uh, training our kids and we've got them at home uh, we've got their best interests at heart. Uh, these sorts of values are passed on to our children, and this may well uh, have, you know, effects that will come down the track uh, five years, ten years from now. Kids will remember how you uh, really rolled up your sleeves and, uh, in some sense, humbled yourself, uh, made them the priority. This is going to be something for, for parents to think about. This is affecting their children's future here. That's right. And look, it's not easy. You know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I've loved homeschooling, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. You know, but yes, what you sow into your children is what is going to be reaped there. And so I believe we've got to keep a long-term focus. So, you know, you might have a day where you just feel like you're tearing your hair out and this is all too hard. But we can remember that the next day, God's mercies are new every morning, graded his faithfulness where you feel that you failed in homeschooling and attitude one day, tomorrow's a new day. You know, we can still keep trying. And, and it does take time. And because of all the change, I think as humans, we do find it hard to change, even when there's good change. It can still be difficult. But I, I know my children have all enjoyed homeschooling. They know that I've enjoyed having them around. And I believe that that's a very key thing that the children are picking up that from the parents that they're not feeling like they're a burden that they're a blessing and so I think again homeschooling gets back to us as parents just maintaining our walk with the Lord so that we've got the fruit of the spirit even when we're being stretched to the max. We'll get into some more of this uh, spiritual values that are passed on like that because your children are making an assessment of you while you're at home homeschooling them. Hey, I've got a Facebook question that's running at the moment and I'll give you a little insight into the early running on what people are doing with our Facebook poll. Facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. The question I'm asking today so we can get some real-time update from listeners as to how they're feeling about their own experience. The question is, has your experience of homeschool been good or bad? And uh, the interesting thing in here is that there may not be an easy answer to that, Helen, because early on I started to preview our conversation today by saying we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful aspects of homeschooling. And 
I'll get your impression here, but perhaps you can have all of those experiences all in the one day. For some, they might say that might happen all in the one hour. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, yes. I think there's a wide range of things that can happen and emotions that you feel, you know, because you're dealing with, you know, a lot of people, you know, from the parents or parents who are home educating them, children, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, or however many. And so everyone has a different day as well. Someone might not have had a good night's sleep. So, you know, people can feel um, down because of the change, the children missing their friends, you know, things that they used to do. So you're dealing with a lot of things. But I personally can look back on now a lot of years of homeschooling and I believe it's been a good experience. There have been seasons where I uh, was sick, uh, very unwell at times and could not keep up with the schoolwork. But somehow the children still managed to stay about a year ahead of what they would have been studying at school. Uh, because I guess we instilled into our children, you know, a love for doing the right thing because that gets back to their character as well, that, you know, we're looking at their character, that even if mum's not well, you having babies, because when we started, we had five children, and then, you know, we've now got the nine. And there were times, you know, having babies, and, you know, it felt like it was crazy trying to manage everything, as well as the washing and the cooking and the cleaning. And it does feel like that, but the children all helped as well. So I think, you know, depending on your family... You know, whether you've got one child or a lot of children, you know, children can actually help. Children can do more than what we think often, you know. Like we would get our kids from, you know, a couple of years old laying the table. Well, that was their maths. The youngest one, Shalom, she had to lay the table for 11. So she'd have to count out her 11 um, (laughs) forks, her 11 knives, her 11 spoons, you know. So it's... I guess looking at things from a different perspective as well. But yes, there'll be good days. There'll be hard days. There'll be days that you have to apologize to your kids because you've lost it. You know, but that's all okay. You know, we're all learning in this. We just need to just keep close to the Lord and talk to our kids, communicate with them, how they're coping, how they're feeling, pray with them, encourage them, not just be thinking about how me as a parent I'm going, but how are my children coping with this? What's going on? It is the reality of parenting that you go through all of those different emotions and those roller coaster of things that can happen all in the one day. And as you say, Helen, uh, you're not just talking about uh, having a few months here of homeschooling your children you went through having baby after baby after baby and uh, all of the things that are associated with that hey i'll give you a, a little running as it goes on our poll that's operating on facebook today at the present time 71 percent of responders who voted on that poll are saying they've had a good experience and oh, that great. means that means that there's 29 percent are having a bad time a couple of quick uh, comments that just to mention before we take a quick break uh, one nanda says well i've been doing it for seven years it's been pretty good all right so i suppose there's a conditional good there uh, then josh says something pretty important i think josh thank you for this comment who says it is remote learning following a routine given by the teacher this is quite different to homeschooling. We might yeah. pick up on that in just a few moments and uh, we'll continue our conversation. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 
Our special guest is Helen Devnish. She's a long-time homeschooling parent. You might have your own thoughts to offer. You might have your own experience that you'd like to reflect. You might want to even vent a little bit. Uh, you can do that. Our, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, you can tell us about your frustrations. Uh, you can tell us about the good things that you're experiencing with uh, homeschooling as it is affecting you. Helen, let's come back quickly to that comment that I mentioned from Josh on our Facebook, uh, who said it's remote learning following a routine given by the teacher. This is quite different to homeschooling. It is different to the sort of homeschooling experience that you've had, but a lot of the same issues are now becoming uh, coming to light for parents. What are your thoughts on, on Josh and the way that he's reflecting that there's a difference between what we're talking about with your experience and what a lot of parents are experiencing now? Yes, well, obviously, for me, I've had to, or my husband and I have looked at curriculums ourselves to get everything for our children, whereas with the remote learning, um, the teachers are doing that, which is great because that means, you know, parents don't have to do that bit. But there's still the same challenges once you've got the curriculum, whether it's through a teacher or you, as a parent, doing it yourself, uh, getting your children to do the work, what time of day you do it, what breaks you have, how you help them if they're stuck, if the, you know, I don't know whether the teachers are always available at the school times. So there's a lot of similarities as well. Children are home a, a lot of the time. And so then just being able to work out where they're at with whether they're coping with doing all their learning, because even at school they would have, you know, their recess breaks, they'd have assemblies and sport, different things. So I think we have to just still keep an eye on how children, each child is coping with working from home, however that is done. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a few calls and uh, get some impression of listeners and and what they're thinking about uh, as things are unfolding. Mike is in Tasmania. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Hi there. How are you doing? Very good. Mike, what are your thoughts for our conversation? Um, well, one of the main reasons for homeschooling our daughter, who's now 15, is that before long she'll be 18 and she could, in God's economy, be gone. And uh, if we send her to a day school, which is 60K down the road, she's gone, she's away on the bus and back home and it's a, a third of her life is spent somewhere else for week life and we'd rather have that time with her and she's well self-socialized she's day schooled previously so there's no issue yes that whole issue of socialization uh you know that's uh, for some it's a positive others it's a negative and uh mike good thoughts what are your what's your response for mike here uh, helen Oh, look, I totally agree with that. Having your children around, especially in those teenage years, it's uh, such an important time of their life, being able to sew into them, speak into them. And if they're you know, away a lot of the day, especially obviously because your daughter would have to travel a long way as well, I, I believe personally it's good to have children at home when there's just one child. It is different. Like me, obviously, with nine, like I have not had trouble with socialisation because I've got nine kids um, and because of the ministry we're involved in my children do meet a lot of different kind of people as well but 
you know, there can be negative socialization too, which sometimes people don't think about that, you know, negative peer pressure as well. So each child, each family is going to be different. But I think, yes, it's good to have the time with our children while they're children because, yes, they grow up soon enough. Thank you so much to Mike in Tasmania. Let's continue to take some calls. Uh, let's hear from Carolyn in Queensland. Hello, Carolyn. Welcome. Oh, good morning. Hello. Carolyn, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm an Aboriginal grandmother who's helping to raise grandchildren with their single dad. Yep. And uh, we've got four teenagers, three high school kids and one grade six. And they say that they miss the socialisation. They miss going to school. They love going to school and they miss their teachers and they just miss everything about school. But we've, and it's been a real a challenging um, thing for me to have to, um, to get them, you know, online um, and get them into the schoolwork. But their schools, our schools have been really great with them because our school is just down the end of our street. So the six, grade six can go down the school whenever she needs to. And we have contact with them through the, by phone as well. And the high school ones, which is Gordonvale High, we also have our Indigenous um, counsellors and workers programs that in our Gordonvale High School and they've been excellent. They'll come out, actually drive out to our houses to help. But my, for me, it's been really challenging, but it's also teaching me a new skill. A new skill for you. And, and Carolyn, if I can get you to reflect here, uh, because as I think you said you're a grandparent and yeah. uh, this uh, connection, and I know that in uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander communities, uh, this idea of connection between generations, a uh, very, very yeah. important and, uh, uh, you know, non-Indigenous Aussies got lots to learn about this sort of connection between generations. This is something you seem to be thriving in right now. I am at the moment because um, I, I believe in the next generation. I'm also a Christian and I also believe in the next generation and raising them up. And I totally support all my children and their parents as well as all my grandchildren. I have great-grandchildren as well. And we're, we're all totally connected. And we all, we're one big large like network family who totally support each other. Carolyn, wonderful thoughts. Uh, let's get a, uh, a thought or two from Helen. Uh, Carolyn, doing a fabulous job. Mm. Well done, Carolyn. That's such an awesome thing as a grandmother to be able to homeschool. I also have uh, four grandchildren and I have one of mine here today. He comes here once a week to do his homeschooling. But look, I think with your teenage uh, grandchildren, it is hard. And I think just... Telling them that it is hard as they miss their friends, but thankfully there are ways they can keep in touch still through phones and social media. So I think encouraging them, yet yeah, have that time to keep in touch with your friends because friendships are important as well. But well done for homeschooling them and being a light and, and a good example. I yeah, encouraged by hearing yep. from you. Yep, special honour to you, Carolyn. Thank you so much for calling through. Let's take one more before the news. Mary-Anne is in Armadale, New South Wales. Hi, Mary-Anne. Hi. What are your thoughts? Um, I homeschooled for seven years. Um, I was thinking about the Facebook comment that said, you know, the type of homeschooling that is being done because of, you know, self-isolation 
that sort of thing um, and, you know, children not being able to go to school, it is quite different because parents are, I guess, getting advice from teachers at school. Um, they're not having to, you know, present um, material uh, for a curriculum that gets approved by... It used to be called the Board of Studies, but it's called something else now. Um, when I did homeschooling, I must admit I found that quite stressful. You had to go through... Um, like approval to be approved to homeschool um, and then you would be given like six months or a year or two years where you could homeschool you know you're given permission um, but you sort of had to keep records of everything you know so it could be quite stressful in that way yeah there's um, an administrative factor when you are homeschooling and you've got to be on yeah. top of that administration too or you'll be letting your yeah. kids down yeah. we're about to go to news Thank you so much for calling through, Mary-Anne. Appreciate your comments today. We'll take some more calls after Vision National News. Helen, let's come back to one of those things that parents sometimes are concerned about. If they've got responsibility for their children's education, what does that mean for the outcome for our children later on? And so let's come back to this for a moment because... If you've been there and done that, homeschooled all your children, some people might be thinking, well, if I were doing this full time, does that affect the outcomes for where my kids might go? Will they go to uni university? Will they have the sort of careers that we might envisage for them? Uh, let's talk about that, those outcomes for a moment here. What are your, uh, what's your story with your children? Well, if I start with my eldest, because obviously he was the guinea pig in the sense. Yes. So he's a very smart cookie, the, our oldest son, Sean. And when he was 14, he did a open university unit in accounting. And he did well. He enjoyed that. So he continued part-time from the age of 14 through to full-time doing his degree online, getting his degree at 19, uh, got a job in an accounting firm. A few years later, he was partner. Uh, he was there for approximately 10 years I think or maybe longer and now he's gone out on his own developing software uh, for accounting and for other things as well okay. his own business works at home let's just dwell on this for a moment because sometimes we're thinking that the school education we're getting through our state-provided education is the best and only way to go. What you're saying is that your eldest son has started studying a university course at age 14. If I'm not wrong here, that's about grade 9 level. And so he actually accelerated his learning through homeschooling and was yeah. able to start university course uh, even at grade nine uh, age, and uh, and and of course uh, he was finished his degree by the time he turned nineteen. When ordinary graduates out of the state school system are still just into first or second year at uni, uh, that's a pretty amazing acceleration, isn't it? Yes, and I think that's where when you homeschool, you don't necessarily have to think inside a box. You can think outside the box. I mean, we don't want to push our children beyond what they're able to do, but we also want to give opportunities for them to be able to excel when they are good at something. So he basically did, he finished his year 10, but he never did year 11 or 12. So he went straight into a degree, as did our daughter, Emily, who's just turned 20. She also has done accounting and she started her degree at 15. She got a job in an accounting firm a few months later 
on the admin and within a year or so of being there, she was on the accounting team. And so she was working full-time, her choice, and studying full-time by Open University. So she yeah, just finished her degree in February. Wow. And you've got a couple of tradespeople in your family too. Yes, uh, talking about Yep. <laughs> that's right. So not all my children are you know, just academic. They're all different. And that's where, as parents, we just want to just see what our kids' giftings are, what their abilities are. So our son, Brody, is 24. He did a, a panel-beating apprenticeship when he was 16. He finished that, worked there for five years, and then he did plumbing. So he's just about to finish his fourth year plumbing as well. And then our son, Joseph, who's 16, because Brody is such a good worker, he was interested in plumbing and he got offered an apprenticeship in the same firm as Brody. So he started that in January. So, yes, yeah, so it was a big, big range of things that our children do. Uh, you've got so many. We might not get through every one of your children, uh, although hopefully we'll get a mention of their names uh, because no doubt they're listening in. Hey, uh, you've got a couple who have gone into business, so uh, business careers for a couple of your kids. That's right. Well, of Sean, who I mentioned, started has started his own business. Then there's Thomas. So Thomas is uh, he's 27 and he ended up going to college for year 12. So he was homeschooled all the way through to year 11 because he was interested in media and we could not really help any further than what we did. And so he went to college for year 12 and did media, then got a job at Southern Cross TV station in Hobart. And he was there for a few years and then he has now, um, oh, some years ago, started his own business in media and design, graphics. He's just very, very creative. And you've still got some at home and you're still doing homeschooling. So uh, give us a little insight into how that's working for you, Helen. Okay, so I still have six of our nine children live at home and uh, but only one of them is now homeschooled. <laughs> so that is Shalom and she is 13. So she is the only one of our nine children who's ever had to homeschool alone because there's I've shared earlier, we started homeschooling uh, when the older two were at school and then we pulled them out. So she's like, well, this isn't fair. I'm the only one. But we do have my grandson. He comes over to do schoolwork with Shalom and she actually prepares schoolwork for him. She likes doing that. And so that's a really good thing to do. But I do quite a lot of things with Shalom as well because she is the only one homeschooling. Uh, she's home a lot, obviously, more with me than any of the others were. She's got more one-to-one attention. And she, she's very similar to me as well. So I love art and crafts. I'm an artist. She's an artist. She did some of the artwork in that evangelism tract as well. She's into the garden, growing veggies. We visited a, an older gentleman from our church. He's a widower, but he loves gardening and he's got chickens and ducks. So we did a homeschool visit there early in the year which inspired her and then she's got into the gardening I just had to buy her overalls so she felt like a real gardener um so because we didn't have to pay school fees I bought her a compost bin so she was really excited about that so you know you can see a lot of our homeschooling is very interest-based although we have our book work and obviously you can see we've done academics and the kids have done academics but a lot of what they learn is interest-based because just the things they love to do, they will be learning a lot of things as well. 
it is a difference, isn't it, uh, when you think about learning, uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, and those sorts of things are absolutely important. But those extra dimensions that increase our children's imagination uh, is a very, very important aspect. And as a parent, if you can identify where your children's interests are, uh, you can then begin to discover and to help to uh, enliven their imaginations. Beautiful stuff, Helen. Hey, I want to come to a, the other issue in just a few moments. We'll talk about values, but let me give you a quick update on a couple of comments that have been made on our Facebook and people responding to the Facebook poll that we've got running today at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. The question is quite an open one. Has your experience of homeschool been good or bad? I've got to tell you the update is 74% of responders say it has been good. Uh, there's still 26%, so uh, over a quarter of those who've had a bad experience so far. Our talkback line is open. You can call us. I'd love to hear from you and let us know what your experiences are, good or bad. 1-800-316-316. Reflecting a couple of comments here, Alan says probably something everybody should have a go at. Now, that's interesting. And also Adele, who says, I'm a teacher, so I have the skills, but it's still hard when it's your own children. I loved having my kids at home, but here in WA, they've gone back to school because I have to be back in school. There's uh, some teachers who are essential services, and they're back at school. Their children are back at school, too. What are your thoughts for either of those sorts of comments? Look, I think it's always going to be difficult homeschooling and obviously for that teacher who's you know now got to have go back to school when maybe she would enjoy being at home it is different I think being a teacher and, and home educating your own children and I guess there it comes down to motivation and parents encouraging their children even about why they need to study what's important about it because a child doesn't always have that concept that it's important I study this today because of 10 years down the track or 15 years down the track and I believe that's somewhere where we as parents can help our children to understand the bigger picture it's not just today doing schoolwork or trying to get out of schoolwork you know but as you consistently and diligently learn you know you're going to be preparing yourself for life for career for whatever you have coming up let's talk values for a moment because while you have the kids at home and you're responsible for this distance learning homeschooling and it may be because your own career is on hold you might have been sacked from your job you might have less hours you might be forced to be home because your kids are home and they can't go to school and you have to homeschool the sorts of things we talked about a little earlier the attitude that you have as a parent to the homeschooling responsibilities that you have but an upside to this is the idea that your values are now being raised up to a higher profile than the teachers values here what are your thoughts on when you're influencing your children your values are being passed on to them and something you ought to enjoy in this time well, I believe it's a very biblical principle. If you you know read through Deuteronomy, uh, talks in the Bible about um, parents walking with their children, talking with their children. You know, when they get up, when they go to bed, 
you know, and the implication is that parents are having a lot of input into their children. And I believe as parents, you know, we are responsible before God for raising our children. And for us, obviously, we, we took on that responsibility of their education. And I believe that that's been good. It's taken a lot of years to be able to see the outcomes. But that, again, that still gets back to our uh, responsibility day by day, just just being responsible, being diligent, you know, encouraging our kids day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, because what we're sowing into our kids will come out in the end. So also I'd encourage parents not to feel daunted by that because the Bible also says take one day at a time. So try and enjoy today, enjoy having your children around, being able to sow into them, speak into them, pass on your values, that they can see you, the real you, you know, 24-7. You know, that's, that's a good thing. It's an amazing privilege God's given us as parents to have children and to train them up in the ways of God. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take uh, some more calls from listeners. Uh, let's hear from Ben in Gladstone in Queensland. Hello, Ben. Welcome. G'day. Hello, um, Ben. I just thought I'd call up with a uh, perspective from uh, someone that was educated for 11 of my 12 years from homeschool. Great. So, um, oh, look, I loved it. Hey, like it propelled me early into university, um, enabled me. I was able to do TAFE and uni and high school. And I could have a part-time job, so it was great in my senior schooling. And like I learned lots from my parents, such as work ethic, and you know, like my mum taught me things about cooking and that sort of thing when it was lunchtime and whatnot. So, like, I just wanted to encourage parents out there that are homeschooling that um, the kids do see uh, the effort you put in, and it actually does a lot for your, your own confidence and your relationship with your parents. And yeah, like, good on you for those that some of them forced into it, obviously, but good on you for it because it, it really does mean something and it is noticed. Ben, thank you so much. Uh, that's gold. Thanks so much for uh, contributing that thought. Let's take some more calls. Uh, we'll get through as many as we can if we... Uh, I think Marianne back for another uh, edition here. Marianne from Armadale in New South Wales. Marianne, you had something to add? Yeah, I did. Um, I just wanted to add a couple of things. The first thing was something that helped me make the decision to homeschool um, I started homeschooling my daughter when she was six. Um, I wrote a, pro, a pros and cons list of homeschooling, like what, what would be you know, good about homeschooling. Um, or, or actually, I think it was homeschooling versus you know, public school, basically, you know, which were the choices. Um, and I, I just realised for myself and my daughter that that was the best choice. Um, so that helped, even though I knew that our state had pretty, that I'm in New South Wales, pretty rigid requirements, um, like they want you to have a curriculum um, at least six to six months to a year in advance, plus have you keep records of what you do each day. Um, so that really helped me. I think, you know, it helped give me the t determination knowing that that was the best thing for my daughter. Um, and then after that, a couple of years later, um, I started homeschooling my son, or actually it was three years later. Um, 
and it's a good idea to find out what the requirements are for for your state if you are thinking about homeschooling. Yeah, finding out those requirements, yeah. good. And I'll get a thought or two here from Helen because uh, your idea of writing down the good and the bad points, uh, maybe get a page, draw a line, good, bad, and uh, yeah. you'll be able to make some sort of assessment as to whether you think you're ready for that commitment. What are your thoughts here, Helen? Look, I think that's a great idea to write it down and from my experience I would say my list of positives is way longer than the negatives I think the only negative or perceived negative I could see would be that our children do have less friends than if they were at school but that's not necessarily a problem my children all get on with each other even though there's um, almost 20 years between the eldest and the youngest um, three are married now it's you know it's got grandchildren they live close by so we do normally under normal circumstances catch up with everyone and I think that's a a good thing I think with the requirements here in Tasmania we have a board called SEAC and yes there are uh, things that you have to do which can be very daunting for a parent to actually come up with a plan it's called a HES plan and you know, trying to do that can be hard. But look, I've helped people do that as well, shown them my plan that I've done just to give parents that help because there are legislation, because obviously there might be some people that don't um, educate their kids because it's not home education. It's not just for them to just do nothing. It's, it is actually taking the responsibility. But those requirements can make it stressful but they're not impossible to do and as you work through it you get more confident the longer you do it thank you so much mary-ann from armadale 1-800-316-316 and time's running a little short let's take another one more call i think uh, michelle in mount barker in wa hi michelle welcome yeah thank you michelle um, what are your thoughts I, well I homeschool my 11-year-old. Helen wouldn't know Macklin, but she'd remember, I knew her back in Perth. Um, she'd remember Clinton and Reese and Carmel. Um, Macklin's only 11. Um, he's also autistic. So when he gets on, to, on a run of what he wants to do, then you can't shift him from that. And it's really difficult. We went uh, through a stage of... Um, he went to school, a school in Albany called Bethel. Uh, it was good, but the teacher found that quite often he'd sit there and he wouldn't do anything. Mm. He just didn't want to do what the class was doing because that wasn't interesting. It wasn't interesting to him, so it really didn't work. Um, that particular teacher last year did actually play along the lines with Macklin of what he wanted to do, but... Now he's got a different teacher, so we've decided to homeschool again because the teacher thinks he should be doing exactly the same as what the the other kids are doing and he should be at that point of where they are and do exactly what they're doing and and keep along the same lines. And Michelle, you make an important point here. You're the parent and you know best for your child. Uh, You might want to take others' advice, but ultimately you're the one who makes those decisions. Helen, uh, your thoughts on when you've got a child with special needs, I'm not sure whether any of yours had special needs, but certainly, Michelle, uh, with special needs child, uh, there's lots of big decisions parents have to make here. Yes, and I think that's 
very difficult when you've got a special needs child and I believe the parent does need good support then from others. I think making sure that the parent is getting that prayer support from people, shoulders to cry on. And I'd just encourage you, Michelle, even just to you know keep praying to the Lord uh, to ask the ways to help your son because you know the power of prayer is amazing. And yeah, there might be days where it's hard and frustrating, but as you keep your relationship strong with the Lord, that will help you and your son to keep moving forward. It's it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it's it's a good thing that you're doing for your son. Thank you so much, Michelle. And we do have to draw a line under calls. We've run out of time today and there's so much more to talk about. I would have loved to have gotten into the different types of curriculum, whether it's a state curriculum or whether there are some Christian curriculums for homeschooling as well. And I'm not sure whether you used a Christian one. I assume that you did, Helen. Is that was just, just quickly on that. Is that the case? Okay, so when we started, we used ACE, uh, which is Accelerated Christian Education, an American curriculum. We did that for two years, but that was more like having school at home, whereas I believe education is life, or you could say life is education. So we ended up um, changing, and we got different resources for different uh, subjects. So generally for science and social studies we've used a becca which is a christian curriculum for maths we've used australian one understanding maths i've used for the children as they get older we use signpost maths for the younger ones and for english we used a program called learning language through arts and literature but also a lot of it's just like kids doing projects so i get them to do a project on a subject they love like a lot of my boys love world war Two. So they could do a project on that and they'd learn geography, history, English, so much stuff just from doing what they enjoy doing. Well, time has run out and Helen Devnish... Uh, appreciate your insights today and there's not necessarily right or wrong answers uh, for people who are going through the time right now where they're locked into the idea of uh, overseeing their children in their work at home Uh, lots of families every family has a different story and every family has its own pressures when it comes to doing this and so great though to get your encouragement today Helen about the fact of values that you're passing on as a parent to your children, that it is an important time that your children will remember into their adult years what's happening in this time when there is this social isolation. I really appreciate your thoughts. I really appreciate your insights. Uh, Let me point people to how they could be in touch with you. Uh, The the website for your church that you and your uh, husband David pastored. Your church is called Church on the Rock, but the actual website for the church is lovehobart.com. Lovehobart.com. I did mention that you'd written a couple of books, Let's Go, Fearless Evangelism, and your latest, which is more like an evangelistic tract called A True Story of Freedom, lovehobart.com. Helen Devnish, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having me back. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.